What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Push the Tempo podcast, uh, where we just discussed the NBA and situations and events going around the NBA landscape. Um, we did have some topics uh, pre-planned for today's episode, but then the uh, the breaking news of the James Harden to Brooklyn trade, and there was a huge, gigantic four-team trade. So we decided to, rather than talk about everything we had planned, we just threw that threw that all out the window. And we decided to just talk about this trade and break it down and what it means for all four teams and what they're getting with the players and assets that they are receiving. So, Ari, I'm going to just throw it to you. What are your first, what are your initial opinions about this trade? All right. First, as a Celtics fan, I was like, shit. <laughs> but as a NBA fan, I was like, yo, it's kind of hard to fathom these type of trades. Like, it's kind of hard to process it, but like, once you get all the details, it kind of makes a little bit more sense. So honestly, I'm pretty excited about this trade. Like literally in the words of Mobamba, you can't, we're all, it's safe to say that. And I'm just paraphrasing. You can't, you're not allowed to pick the nets on NBA 2k because that team is going to be so fun to watch. Well, mostly offensively, but that was my initial reaction. What was yours? Um, well, my first reaction, like everybody else, I'd assume was, oh my God, uh, this is crazy. The super team era, as you could say, is back. But now, and then my second reaction was, finally, I'm happy James Harden finally got traded. Uh, he kind of burned every last bridge yesterday. His press conference, I'm pretty sure you've seen it, where he said that where we, meaning when he was with the Rockets yesterday, he went up after the loss to the Lakers, and he said, we're just not good enough. We don't have the players, the talent, the chemistry. He said, I've done basically everything I can, but this situation just, just cannot be fixed. That's it, and he just walked off. So he basically burned all his bridges yesterday and ended up being traded today. So I was happy that it finally happened, and hopefully this is the last time we have to talk about it's not going to be the last time we talk about Harden, obviously, but it's the last time we have to talk about him and wonder where he's going to be traded. Um, do you have any any just opinions about the the trade itself? Honestly, I'm more in shock than I am like trying to figure out who won and who didn't win. I'm just pretty excited to see how this team goes. But the first, I guess the second initial reaction that I have is, yo, the Nets are going to have the most toxic team in terms of personality, but I don't know if that's going to come to fruition or not, because I know all three of them have their own personalities. I feel like Kevin Durant is just going to go out there and try to hoop. And that's who he is. He's a hooper. You know, he did the same thing when he went to Golden State. He just wanted to hoop. He won and he won a championship. So he did what he wanted to do. And I think that's going to carry on on this team. Harden, I believe, well, to be honest, to start the season, um, it doesn't look like he wanted to hoop, but Knowing Harden and the things that he's said in the past, I think he definitely has a championship aspirations on his mind. So I can see him working towards that goal. Kyrie, on the other hand, that's a different story. And we all know what's been going on with him. He hasn't been with his team. Um, it's listed as personal. And no one really knows, but there have been a few videos leaked. And apparently he was at a party. I'm not sure if it was a birthday party or like an actual party. Like yeah, I think, it was his, um, I think it was his sister's birthday party. Yeah, but nonetheless, he was out doing whatever he wanted, especially amidst the time that we are right now. It's kind of like, it's just weird to me. I mean, it, it already sounds like it's starting to implode before it even starts. But who knows? Maybe the, all three of them will work good, good together. You know what I mean? Yeah, so let's start there, I guess, in terms of breaking down the trade. Uh, so let's start from the Brooklyn aspect. Um, I don't I don't like to comment about like toxic personalities and such like that. I don't know these players personally. 
Um, but Brooklyn, they got obviously the best player in the trade in James Arden. He's the second best guard of this last decade after Steph Curry. Um, they now have him, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant, three guys who are all all-star to all NBA level players. James Harden and Kevin Durant are both superstars in my opinion. Um, they now have three guys who can create shots at an elite level and James Harden is an elite playmaker at the same time. Um, they did lose some depth with this deal. Um, but I mean, when you add those three together, it's not really much of a, it's not really much of a problem. Um, that being said though, their center rotation, in my opinion, is very suspect currently. Uh, they have DeAndre Jordan, who is washed. He's not good anymore. They lost Jared Allen, and Jared Allen was very good for them this year and last year. And if he's not, if DeAndre Jordan is not working out, which newsflash, I don't think it will work out because he's old and he's not good anymore. They're going to have to rely on Jeff Green, uh, who played some small ball center for the Houston Rockets last year, and Nicholas Claxton, who's very... I don't want to, he's, he's a rookie, not a rookie, but he's very unproven up to now and hasn't really done much. So it remains to be seen what they can do against like teams with elite big men, like Denver, like the Lakers, like the, even in their own conference, guys like Giannis and guys like Embiid, it's going to be interesting to see how they defend guys like that. What do you think? Yeah, no, just kind of piggybacking off that. It's, it's going to be definitely a challenge for them to be able to defend, especially the big men. All right, let's be honest. Who on that team is going to guard the likes of Joel Embiid or uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, like you said? But, yeah, let's just break this down for a second. So they have one center on their team, DeAndre Jordan. How long do you think he could possibly last against somebody like Joel Embiid? You know what I mean? So, like, it's just weird. Like, do they have to make another trade? Like, Jared Allen was one of those guys that he was probably a top five to six, maybe even seven uh, rim protector on that team or in the league in general so like it's kind of it's kind of wishy-washy to see what type of team this team will be like they're obviously going to be a heavy offensive team but like have we ever seen a team that's just been full of offensive weapons but been able to win a championship no it's definitely a good point and going off that so according to bobby marks the Bro- brooklyn still has three open spots uh they have their 5.7 million dollar taxpayer mid-level they have the minimum exception and then they likely have a 5.7 million dollar uh disabled player exception which they got when spencer dinwiddie got hurt for the season which is another loss for them considering outside of Kyrie and harden their uh, guard depth is like bruce brown who's a good defender uh he hasn't really seen the court as much and now he probably will uh landry shaman who really has not been good this year chris chioza and tyler johnson who are like I don't know. They don't really play much. Um, so I, I don't think they're done making moves to their roster. With that being said, they do have these three open spots. I think they're going to look to add some, they're going to look to add another big man, in my opinion. Uh, they're going to look to add probably another wing player and then probably another, another uh, forward, uh, another forward or two is what I mean. What do you think? Yeah, no, they're definitely not done making moves. They, they want to form this team into a championship team. They're going to have to make moves. And, you know, on top of that, there's one other thing that I found interesting before the season started, uh, there was reports Steve Nash reportedly wanted to make Katie play the center for a little bit and kind of just see how that goes. But they're probably going to be forced to do that for a little bit, at least for a couple of minutes here and there. But I kind of want to see how that would go. But kind of going off that, yo, talking about Steve Nash, there were some reports that came out about like Kyrie apparently didn't want Steve Nash or he wasn't in favor of having Steve Nash as their coach. 
do you think that this will have like some impact to their team or to anything with their chemistry? Uh, I, I don't think so, man. Um, Kyrie, he's a great player. He's actually having a pretty great season, uh, minus everything that's going on right now with him currently, which I've, I've tried to defend Kyrie in the past. Um, I usually think that he's been given the short end of the stick when it comes to uh, the media. And he, I think he really does mean well. But with what's going on right now, he's really it's really hard to defend him. I don't think it'll be a problem because they're going to have to follow in the lead of Durant. He's their clear-cut best player. And now Kyrie, in my opinion, is the third best player on the team with them adding James Harden. I think Harden is better than him. Um, and Durant, Durant's back. He's um, I, before, before he was coming back, I thought it was a little uh, shaky. I thought he'd be like the sixth, maybe fifth or sixth best player in the league. I think he's firmly back at that number two spot right behind LeBron. Uh, was it yesterday? Who did they play the net? The Nuggets, right? Uh, he hit a huge game ceiling three against the Nuggets. Uh, he finished with like 34, nine and 12 or 13 assists. So Durant's back. He's back to being that guy who's just a, an amazing player all around. And it looks like he's even gotten a little bit better as a passer, which is great to see. Um, I don't think that'll be much of a problem for them. I think their biggest problem so far will lie in their defense. Um, I don't think I don't think this whole idea that these three ball dominant guys can can't play together won't be I don't think that'll be much of a problem because they can always stagger and the luxury that they now have is that they can have one of those guys at all times on the court whether it be Durant by himself playing with the bench whether it be Harden by himself which I think will most likely happen because uh you put the ball <clears throat> sorry you put the ball in Harden's hands and just let him create and play make for others like he did previously in Houston um, I think that'll be the most likely case of a guy being staggered by himself as compared to Kyrie and Durant. But yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see. I think right now defense and their center position are their two biggest issue, but I don't think they're done making moves. And as it pertains right now, I'd say they're, I, I would say before the trade happened that they were one of the two or three favors coming out of the East. I don't think how, I, I don't know how this can't make them the favorite at the very least coming out of the Eastern conference. What do you think? So it's weird to me. So their first two games, they had two blowout, huge blowout wins. They beat Golden State. And regardless, that's not like a full-on, full, healthy Golden State team, but they blew them out. Then they took on the Celtics on Christmas Day. And as a Celtics fan, that game was brutal to watch. It felt as if, you know, Kyrie would was on a tear and no one could guard him. And then when Kyrie was done taking shots, KD would come in and do his thing and no one could stop them. And then after that, Karis LeVert would come off the bench and he would do his thing. And then if he ever did miss or if any one of them did end up missing the ball, Jared Allen or DeAndre Jordan would just come in with a putback dunk or offensive rebound. And it was just brutal to watch. I felt like they were the best team in the East at that moment, but things kind of started to fall apart. I, it's kind of weird to me. It's like, did they really need to make this move? Should they have played this out a little bit longer? You know what I mean? Like, it's very early into the season and it looked like their team was working, especially early into the season. But that's what I'm kind of concerned about. Like what's going on here? You know, they all have different motives. Like obviously Katie's trying to cement his legacy. He's trying to prove that he's the best player in the world. Now uh, he's trying to take that away from LeBron and become the best player in the world. Harden obviously has to prove himself and prove that he's a championship player. He's not just an MVP or a ball hog or whatever it is. And then Kyrie also has something to prove. And here's where I have somewhat of a small issue. So Kyrie's thing is he won a championship, right? But a lot of people say that his championship came off of the coattails of LeBron. And also, I guess you can say Kevin Love. So 
when he joined the Celtics, it was going to be his team. And, you know, I don't know if he still has that narrative or that's just a false narrative created by the media and fans, which I probably, it probably is, to be honest. But, like, now Kyrie has to prove that he can play with this team and prosper. And I don't want to say, like, this is a toxic environment, but, like, I kind of want to see how this goes. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, you do have a point. I would have loved for, I would have loved for Philly to get Harden, honestly, if they traded like Simmons and maybe like some a pick or two, and maybe like another young piece like Thibel. Um, I thought that would fit. You put the ball in James Harden's hand, make him the primary creator, and put him next to Joel Embiid, who would be the best player he's played with since Kevin Durant in OKC. Um, when he played with Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard was athletic, but he's not nearly as skilled, and he just flat out isn't as good as Embiid. Um, even at his peak, I don't think. Um, and then you gave James Harden Chris Paul. Chris Paul was great, but he was a little bit older and he wasn't really prime Chris Paul at, at that point, even though he was still a great player. Um, and Joel Embiid right now is having an MVP level season. And I just don't want to see it go to waste when in the playoffs, in the half court, they may struggle because Ben Simmons can't really shoot. And that becomes an issue that has become an issue the last two times that Ben Simmons has been, has been healthy in the playoffs. Um, Regardless, even though that this this Philly team is a better fit around Simmons and Embiid, um, but I thought I would have loved for him to go there. Uh, but yeah, no, I would have. Um, one reason I didn't want Harden to go to Brooklyn is a lot of people, which I think is dumb, discount Kevin Durant's rings and say that they're not really as worth as they're not really worth as much because when he played for the Warriors winning those rings, he didn't have much competition. I mean, he was the best player for the most part on both those championship teams. And he would have helped them win the third had he not gotten hurt versus the Raptors um, because those Raptors went to six with Klay Thompson, with Kevin Durant only playing like nine minutes and Klay Thompson missing a game. So that being said, I would have loved for Kevin Durant and Kyrie to win a ring, win a ring as a pair rather than have James Harden added to the team. And that may just make that like a, I don't want to say unbeatable force because even with that addition, I don't think they're the best team in the league. I still give that edge to the Lakers. Um, but no, you're definitely right. So with that being said, do you want to do you want to move on to the next team in this trade, the Rockets? Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, man. But I got to say one thing real quick. Sure. Bro, I know you would have hated the Sixers if they acquired Harden, man. I know you would have for sure. I mean, no, I hate the, I hate the Sixers now, but I would I would have liked them to, I would have liked them to get Harden honestly. Um, I wanna I want to see I want to see Joel Embiid play with like a elite shot creator and as great as Ben Simmons is he's one of the best defensive players in the league. Um, he can't really I mean, he can't space the floor and when you uh, when they run like a pick and roll you can always go under. Could you imagine they've been uh, James Harden and Joel Embiid pick and roll? You can't go under on that because James Harden can step back and shoot a three from 30 feet and you can't go, you can't just completely trap James Harden because then you got to deal, deal with seven foot monster Joel Embiid, who's one of the best post players and one of the centers in the league right now. You know what I mean? So yeah, exactly. Yep. No, I agree with you. So let me just quickly run through the, the details of what Houston got in this trade. So initially they received Karis LeVert, who they then flipped to the Pacers for Victor Oladipo. We'll get into that a little bit later. So they'd received Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum from the Cavs. Rodian's Karuks was on the Brooklyn Nets, right? Or was he on the Cavs? I, I, don't, I don't know. He was He was on the Nets. Okay, yeah. So they received Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Rodian's Karuks, 
They got three Brooklyn first-round picks in 2022, 2024, 2026. They also received Milwaukee's first-round pick in 2022. And they also received four uh, Brooklyn first-round pick swaps in 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027. Um, all these picks are unprotected, which is, uh, which is huge that um, Houston gets all these picks and there's no protections whatsoever. Uh, eight first round picks in total. That's more than the Clippers gave up for Paul George. And even on some of those picks, there are some protections. This is pretty much unheard of. So what do you think about this trade for Houston? Honestly, man, I think Houston is doing it all right here. They're still getting players that they can kind of somewhat certain, like they can kind of compete to a certain extent. Um, I'm not going to say they're championship contenders with who they have and their personnel. Like, Obviously, Christian Wood's an amazing player. John Wall, when healthy, is an amazing player. Victor Oladipo has kind of come back from injury and he's been playing really well. So that's a team that could like kind of push for the playoffs, right? But at the same time, they're building their future, which is just awesome. Like this is something that you don't usually see from NBA teams. You see a lot of teams that either have to rely on getting free agents that are just really good and kind of forming a super team, which is kind of what the Nets did in the first place. Or you have to rely on years and years and years on taking so that's awesome for the Rockets. Um, I know we already talked about the Nets a lot, but one thing I just wanted to quickly add in there is if the Nets don't win a championship in the next this year or the year after this, they're going to be so screwed, man. They basically did that whole Paul Pierce trade with all those first rounders all over again. So, yeah, you can take it over from here. I, I've Initially, I thought that they got fleeced when they did the trade. Uh, looking back on it now, so most of these picks that they got – most of these picks that they got will be uh, at the beginning, they'll be out, outside the lottery because Brooklyn looks to be one of the better teams for at the very least the next three or four years. After that, who knows what can happen? Maybe that these guys on the Nets, Kevin Durant's already like 32, James Harden's 30, 31. I think Kyrie's in his late 20s. He's close to 30 as well. Um, there's a chance that those guys could start declining and that those picks can become more valuable. Um, I did. Uh, I personally, um, with this trade, I'm sorry, I'm going off a tangent. Um, with this trade for Oladipo, it shows that they're not looking to just blow everything up and tank because they really can't do that because they still have John Wall's contract on the books. And he's, I think he's on the books for another two, three years with the fourth year being like a $47 million player option. Um, they added Dante Exum and Rodion's crew. So both these guys are bench players. They probably won't do much. The Rockets still have a solid team that they can either push for the playoffs or they could sell off parts, which I, which I doubt they'll do because they don't have any of their own picks. You got to remember they traded most of their own picks to the Oklahoma City Thunder when they traded for Russell Westbrook. Um, so all in all, I do think the Rockets fared pretty well in this trade. Uh, they got back a shit ton of picks, which is good for them. They replenished their asset drawer with those picks. Victor Oladipo, they got a bank on re-signing him because this is the last year of his contract. And I mean, they could have done worse definitely for James Harden, but I think they, I think all in all, I think they did pretty well. Yeah, no, um, honestly, I don't know who the general manager is for the Rockets now, but shout out to that guy, man. He definitely made some moves that John Wall Westbrook trade. And now this, he basically has no, <laughs> he has like no remorse. He'll just pull the trigger, which is pretty cool to see from a GM, but yeah, no, I definitely like this trade in the, the perspective of the Rockets. All right, so do you want to move on then to the Indiana Pacers? Yeah, let's go for it. So the Pacers received a 
they received Karis LeVert, who they traded Victor Oladipo for, and then they received a second-round pick via the Houston Rockets per Adrian Wojnarowski. So what do you think about this trade for the Pacers? Dude, this trade was really good for them. I mean, they're basically replacing Oladipo with Karis LeVert and getting a second-round pick. I feel like they didn't have to give up too much, which, like, honestly, like, Oladipo wasn't really working in their system per se. I mean, he had a great first year there, but he did start to fall off, whether it was from injuries or not. I mean, I guess we'll never know, but Karis LeVert is a player that he's an absolute stud. I mean, so many people are sleeping on him, and that I guess that kind of includes me. I remember this was like maybe like two years ago. Um, it was actually my birthday and I was going to meet Marcus Smart that day. And I remember seeing a, a post about, you know, Karis LeVert getting this really bad injury. And I remember he was going off. Like he was literally becoming a rising star. And I mean, I'm happy that he's healthy now. Like he literally, if you watch him play, he, I feel like he has no weaknesses. He can literally score from anywhere on the court and he can pass the ball really well. So absolutely amazing pickup by the Pacers. I mean, now they got Malcolm Brogdon. They got Karis LeVert, they got Sabonis, and Miles Turner. This team, and TJ Warren, don't forget about him. I, I'm kind of liking the way the Pacers are setting up their team. What do you think? Um, I do like this trade for the Pacers, um, not only for the reason that they traded Oladipo, because you got to think about it like this. If they were if they were sure Oladipo would re-sign with them, then they probably would not have traded him. Rather than now losing him for nothing, they get to trade him for a player who's younger and a guy who they looked who's on a, a long-term contract. I believe he has two or three years left on his contract at like uh, 18 to 20 million per year. So slightly less than what Oladipo was making. And they also get, um, and he's he's on the books and he's a solid player. Uh, he only started in, he played a total of, he played a total of eight, 12 games this year. He started in four. And do you want to, you, let me read you his numbers in the games that he started. In the four games that he started, he averaged, 28.5 points, five rebounds, and almost eight and a half assists. Granted, he's not going to put those numbers up in Indiana when he's starting. He's playing next to other talented players. Malcolm Brogdon's having a great season going under the radar. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis has been one of the best power forwards in the league this year. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how he fits in with them. But I do think that this trade is good for them because they got a guy who's younger than Victor Oladipo, and they didn't lose Victor Oladipo for nothing. And also... Uh, I just want to circle back to the Rockets real quick. Victor Oladipo's kind of having a bounce back season this year. Um, he's never been the most efficient player, but he's averaging 20 points. Uh, he's shooting 36% from three. Remember last year when he came back, he didn't really look like himself in the bubble. He didn't really play all that well either. So, I mean, I'm happy that he's bouncing back as well. And now it's just on Houston to re-sign him. But yeah, that's about what I think about the Karis LeVert trade. And the second round pick, I mean, that's cool and all, but who knows if that'll amount to anything. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You want to hop on to another team or is that all you have for the Pacers? I think that's about all I have for the Pacers. Yo, before we move on, a quick question. How much better does this make the Pacers? Do you think they're a championship contending level team now or are they still kind of in the middle? Uh, I don't I don't think so. I think they're still I don't think this really moves the needle as much for them. Um I think they're still going to be one of those really really good teams in the Eastern Conference, but just the top of the East, they just have so much star power. You got, obviously, now this three-headed monster in Brooklyn. Uh, you got the Philadelphia 76ers. They have the best center in the Eastern Conference right now. Um, we're going to have to wait and see what that looks like in the playoffs. 
Um, you have the Boston Celtics with Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown, both having great and years. And Marcus Smart. And Marcus Smart. You can't forget yeah, about him. Okay, and Marcus Smart. Um, I think they're going to be at the most like a second-round team, which is where I saw them before. So I don't think this moves the needle that much for them. What do you think? That's fair. No, that's fair. Um, honestly, they have a lot of young players. So, man, who knows? Maybe by the time Harden, KD, and Kyrie get a little bit older, these guys will be running their show. But, you know, we'll have to see. Um, yeah, let's hop on to the next team. All right, we're, so the last team that was involved in this trade were the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, they received Jared Allen and Torian Prince. What do you think about this? I think the Cavs had the probably the best um, – the highest reward and the lowest risk. If you look at all the other teams, I guess it's kind of similar. The team that took on the most risk, in my opinion, is probably the Nets. But the Cavs, they didn't really give up much. They gave up a second-round pick and Dante Exum. And I believe that was all that they gave up. And in turn, they got Jared Allen, who's a stud. I mean, he's one of the best rim protectors in the league. And at the same time, they're kind of, you know, getting younger at the center position. And let's be honest, do you think that Drummond will be out or do you think he's going to stay there? Is he is he on the last year of his contract? He is I right. Believe, he picked yeah. he picked up the player option. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, man, it's it's hard to say. Um, I think with them getting Jared Allen, if they're gonna just go full on into this youth movement, which I think they should do, because Colin Sexton and Darius Garland have taken significant strides this year. Um, I would land. I would not. I mean, I honestly, I would not bring him back. I would just, I would move forward and make Jared Allen like the the foundational center of my of my team. I would look to try to get a trade partner for Kevin Love. And you got to remember, Larry Nance Jr. is also playing really well this year. He's another guy that's flying under the radar that's having a great season. So, yeah, that's just uh, – so were you were you done talking about the Cavs? Or? Honestly, I was pretty much going to say the same thing. It's like now they – basically, Dante Exum was kind of a – not a project player, but he'd get hurt a lot. So that was good moving him off. I mean, they got two great guards. Sexland, man, I've been saying it. Yo, Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, they're beasts. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. is a great player too, so I just want to throw him in there. Other than that, you had everyone else nailed. You know, the Cavs, they have the ability to grow their team over time. I mean, like no one's really expecting anything from them, so they can use all these years to kind of just build up their, I guess, their experience and build up on these players. But I think that the Cavs had the best the best in on this trade, to be honest, just because they didn't really give much up to be able to get in the position and get all the players that they did. But, you know, one thing that I just wanted to mention is like, yo, this trade is low key. It's sending shockwaves throughout the league. Like if you notice the Eastern conference is strong, man, it's probably the strongest ever been in quite a while. For example, so do the Celtics trade for Andre Drummond? You know what I mean? Like, do they have to compete in order to get a player to be able to compete with these, the nets, you know what I mean? Or do the Sixers make another move? Do they move Ben Simmons to acquire another player? You know what I mean? You got to remember the Celtics still have that huge trade exception that they got from the Gordon Hayward, uh, the Gordon Hayward trade. So it's going to be interesting to see who they trade or who, not who they trade, but who they try to acquire with that huge trade exception. Um, A guy like Andre Drummond is thrown out there. Um, I think Jeremy Grant is a guy they should look at. Uh, He can really fortify their wings. They got Jalen Brown then, they got Jason Tatum, and they got Jeremy Grant. That's three guys who are great defensively and who can shoot. And Jeremy Grant's having a great season. I think he's averaging almost 25 points on pretty solid efficiency in Detroit. But, I mean, it's not amounting to wins because Detroit sucks as a team. Um, But, no, I agree with you on the Cavs. I think them getting Jared Allen and Torian Prince is pretty solid. Torian Prince is a buy-low guy that if he works out for you, great. If he doesn't, it doesn't really matter. But Jared Allen is the main piece of this trade, and 
he's legitimately good. Like the fact that DeAndre Jordan was starting over him is blasphemous, and that DeAndre Jordan actually got benched in the game because he was he was sucking so bad, and Jared Allen was playing so well. So he's a he's a solid young player, and he looks like he has potential to be a solid center, a solid starting center in the league. And based on what they gave up to get him, it's not really much of a problem. It's really a win-win for the Cavs, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's just hitting me right now. They basically, like, I'm just going to put it for one for one. And I'm going to ask you if you would do it. Basically, you trade away Dante Exum in the second round pick for Jared Allen, Torrey Prince. Ten times out of ten, you're taking that trade, right? Am I right? Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's fair, man. Honestly, all right. I know it's way too early to decide, but who do you have as like the the Eastern Conference t- top four teams, and who do you think is going to win? Um, man, it's hard. It's it's really hard right now because uh, we haven't seen this team play yet. This new three hundred monster because it obviously just came together today. Um, but they got to be one of them up there, in my opinion. Um, I think you've got to put Philly up there because Philly's been playing well. Um, I think Milwaukee, you still can't count them out. They're still doing their thing. And I think, what's it called? I think the Heat, may, maybe the Heat, once they get fully healthy, will turn it around and figure it out. So my way too early predictions, I guess you could say, for the Eastern Conference top four are um, the the Bucks, the Heat, the, um, the Brooklyn Nets, and the 76ers. I guess you could say the Heat are interchangeable with – um, the Celtics currently, in my opinion. Mm, all right, yeah, sure. That's your opinion. I'm not going to argue with you like crazy, but, you know, I mean, we'll have to see, man. Honestly, like, this trade, it's it's just kind of hard for me to process, you know what I mean? But I'm, I'm pretty excited to watch these next upcoming games. All right, yo, before we end it, yo, do you have any, like, I don't know, hot takes or, like, early projections or any expectations? Um, I mean, one of my one of my hot takes before, as soon as the Wall for Westbrook trade happened, was that both James Harden and Bradley Beal would be on different teams by the start of next season. Um, I'm one for two so far, and I'm just waiting for that other shoe to drop at this point. Uh, Bradley Beal's having a great scoring season. The Wizards aren't really doing much. I think they're either the worst or the second worst team in the Eastern. Oh, no, they're they're thirteenth in the Eastern Conference actually. They're three and eight. Uh, Every team that they play looks like they have to go into quarantine because of health and safety protocols, which is weird because, I mean, they stand six feet apart for the most part because they don't play any defense. So it's going to – That's violation, man. It's going to – I don't know, man. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Beals moved. Uh, It would be cool if it's to, like, the Clippers or something, but that probably won't happen. We don't have any good players to trade away. But, yeah, no, that's that's basically my my one hot take, which – was that Harden and Beal would both be on different teams. And now I'm one for two, just waiting for the other one. All right, yo, uh, for the sake of argument purposes or whatever you want to call it, I'm going to do one hot take. I believe that the Brooklyn Nets team is going to implode. I don't want to single up who I think the the issue will be, but I do think that there's some something fishy going on over there. But it's how to add that in there, you know what I mean? So I, I'm going to say that they're going to be a first-round exit. Wow. Hot take, hot take. Okay, yeah, uh, you're definitely going to be wrong, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to come back to this and be like, damn, I'm a dumbass. Because I remember um, in the second or third podcast, I was like, yo, Hard, there's no way Hard is going to be traded. So there's that, lost all my credibility. 
All right, yeah. So do we have anything else to talk about today then? Um, I think that's it, yo. You want to call it? Yeah, let's do it. Where thank you guys for listening. I know this episode was crazy just because all the things that were going on in that world of the NBA. If you guys want to catch us on YouTube, we're on there at the East Coast Browncast. We're on Twitter and Instagram at ECBcast, so you can check us out there. And we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you listen to your podcast. We're there at Push the Tempo Podcast. And until next time, catch you guys later and enjoy the upcoming games. Peace.